Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 36 of Frameskip, your weekly video game podcast where we get together to talk about whatever's happening in the world of video games. I'm your host for the night, Austin Eller. I'm joined by the coach, Kyle Newman. What's up, coach? What's up, bros? How are you? How's it been this week? I'm doing okay. Woke up at 3.45, couldn't get back to sleep. So I watched, December's when I watch all my Star Wars movies. Right. So I threw in um, Phantom Menace. And now that we have all the backstory and we know everything, Phantom Menace is a good movie. I think it's the best of the prequel trilogy. Wow. Yeah. I would say number two. I'm still a big fan of um, now episode three. But now, to me, episode three, when I watch it, is truly a tragedy. And yeah. then when you add in, if you watch um, the last four episodes of the last season of um, Clone, Wars. of Clone Wars. Clone Wars, man, it like it it hits you hard <laughs> for me it's not it's i don't like i'm not even making fun of the content really of episode three i just don't like the way it looks like really? visually yeah. I, think, I think like the cgi really didn't age well and like the mix of like practical effects and cgi from episode one i think aged a lot better like i'm not even sh- yeah i'm not even crapping on the story of Re- revenge of the sith which i think is entertaining not bad but episode I one was- i think looks the most like the originals I was one of those people that went and saw episode one in 3D when they re-released it like 10 years ago. Well, so. um, they also released episode <laughs> uh, four, A New Hope. And then uh, the next year they were going to do, uh, they're going to do one each year, right? So yeah. in a two year period, they're going to do four, five and six. So they did four. And I remember I went and watched it and then they just stopped doing, they didn't do five and six. They like gave up on it. Yeah, they just stopped, which was odd. But I guess I don't. I'm assuming one probably just did not do anything numbers wise. I mean, but. it was cool. You know, I enjoyed it. Yeah. If, if they go back and do it again, like um, I would go and watch them just to go that, back into the. Theater. I assume it was also like the decline of like 3D TVs and like 3D right. Blu-ray players and yeah. stuff. Where, like if they couldn't sell that copy, then like they were really just doing like an extra what month run of the movie in theaters, which like. I guess isn't the worst idea. Like Star Wars is going to make some money, but it's also like, right. eh, is, it, is it worth the conversion to 3D? Was that before or after Avatar? That was, oh, after, that was definitely after. That was after, yeah. Yeah, because it remember, was like 2011 maybe. Avatar, was it really 2011? Yeah. Avatar was the, 2009, but... Um, no, I'm saying Phantom Menace. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm talking about A New Hope. Remember when... Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I'm not sure about that one. But from what I remember, it was early 2000s maybe. But um, yeah, dude, like I'm watching it and I'm thinking the whole time like Jar Jar didn't bother me. Um, mm-hmm. Jake Lloyd didn't bo- bother me. I just kept looking at Qui-Gon and I'm like, Qui-Gon, I think, because he turned down being in the, the, he got offered to be in the Jedi Council. Right. And he turned it down. So, um, cause he's smart because he saw how they were and right. he was always like not arguing. Oh, nice. George is yeah. showing yeah. his episode one 3d poster. I've been cleaning out my room and I found this <laughs> and I'm like, should I get rid of this? And I'm like, there's no, no there's absolutely no way I can get rid of this. Yeah. Uh-uh. So <laughs> 
if it was if, February 10th, 2011, by the way, in case you're oh, wondering. Oh, wow. That's nice. right. Thank you, Poster. So if, um, if Qui-Gon would not have died, I think Anakin would have turned out totally different. I think you could be right about that. Qui-Gon's a really interesting character. Does he have any, like, comics or, or books or anything? Yeah. No. Well, there's the, um, there's the one book that was actually created as a drama it was it's with dooku it, the main thing is with dooku mm. but the story is when dooku and qui-gon were together when right. dooku was training quite or yeah qui-gon and uh yeah so it's really interesting and it's told by um oh girl um oh gosh i can't believe i forget her name the one where uh asaz ventress uh yeah, so she was kind of narrating it. You know, it was okay. her point of view. And um, I just kept thinking when I was watching it this morning how Anakin, because Anakin would have had a father figure in Qui-Gon, right? Where it would have been a lot more discipline. And, right. and I don't know if he would have been as cocky, but he would have been, I think he would have been a totally different Jedi. Whereas Obi-Wan, he didn't have that discipline because they were more like brothers. You know what I mean? Right. So that one part where, uh, you know, Darth Maul and Qui-Gon face off the first time where he jumped back up in the ship and you see Anakin and Obi-Wan meet for the first time. It was like, wow, that that's a, now that I watched that moment, that's a pretty big moment, you know, because that's where it all started, you know, and as much, and I'll, and I'll get off this kick, but <laughs> as much as people give Jar Jar Binks crap about him, he's the reason why Palpatine is where he was in power. No, it wasn't. It was Padme. Cause remember she did the vote of uh, confidence on the chancellor. Yeah. Yep. So she initiated, and she was the, she initiatized everything. Right. If that's even a word, right. but I think, yeah. I think it's initialized, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm yeah, with you. Yeah. And then like Jar Jar Banks was just like standing in for her. And it's like, man, he wasn't like an elected official. Right. So right. like, you can't really, why would you right. give him that much power into the people didn't vote for him? What, what are you doing? Speaking of power, we're joined as well by George Cam Newton Loftus. What's it, up, George? It's me. I can't complete a pass over 10 yards, but I'm on a win streak, baby. Go Pats. I've been injured 45 times, but I'm okay. Hey, we shut out the Chargers 45-0. You destroyed them. <laughs> I know. I started Justin Herbert and um, Keenan Allen in a different fantasy league. And man, that that really screwed me. <laughs> <laughs> How's it been, George? How's your week been? Uh, it's been good. It's been good. Battling a little seasonal depression. Um, I'm in Maine. It gets dark at like 3.30 here. Really? So I'm just trying to stay busy. Do, do Does some, it actually get dark that early or is that exaggerated? I, I might be exaggerating by like 15 minutes. Like it might be like 345, but oh like the sun, the sun is almost down by four. I was going to say it gets dark here now at like 530 and that's awful. So yeah. I can't imagine that. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Uh, how, how close are you to Bangor, Maine? I'm an hour south. Okay. So we always fly in and out of Bangor, Maine when we're coming back from deployment. Yeah, no, that's uh yeah, no. Uh, whenever I go to the airport to like pick up like my mom or whoever's flying in, we're always seeing uh, military people come in, and because yeah. it's like a direct flight from like Germany to uh-huh. to Bangor right now. Hmm. Wow, it's a cute little town there. I've never been to Maine. I Steve, don't think Stephen King based the town in it off of Bangor, so it's, <laughs> it's lovely. Not as many dead clown aliens, I promise. Okay. Well, 
How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. It's been a week. It's been a week today. But uh, we haven't done this in a while, so I thought this would be fun. What's everybody been been playing this last week? George, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing more of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, so I know I said some things about it last time about how like I just don't know how much I like it compared to the older games. Uh, the game's really good. Like once you get to England, it really opens up in a way that I wasn't expecting. I think my frustration was that it felt like it was treating it like it was your first Assassin's Creed game, like right. more so than the most recent Assassin's Creed games. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the opening area just like sucks. It's snowy and icy and like it looks like Skyrim, but there's like not a whole lot to do. So you spend most of your time traveling to a point to see what it is. And then it's just never as exciting as what you build up in your head, because um, instead of like the question marks from Assassin's Creed Odyssey, there's like different colors uh, connoting like what you're going towards. So like if it's blue, then that's like a side quest. If it's gold, there's a treasure there. If it's white, that's like an artifact, which is like a special type of collectible you can find. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was yeah, the opening area is boring, but then. Man, you get into the second area, you get into England, and holy crap, you just get to raid monasteries, and they brought back, like, the, uh, not quite the mercenary system from Assassin's Creed Odyssey, or, like, the Philakity system from Assassin's Creed Origins, but there's just, like, these roaming, super powerful bosses, and it's just absolutely insane how strong they are. Uh, every time you level up, you get two skill points. Basically, each skill point levels you up one power. And so I'm at like 65 power now, I think 70 power. And like, there's a whole bunch of areas that are like, you need 290 power. I'm like, holy crap. That's a lot of game between now and then. (sighs) Yeah. But the, the story is interesting. It's basically, it feels almost like dragon age inquisition a little bit. And like, you're kind of like just building up your settlement and you're trying to like amass these alliances to give you like, I think like the, the right to be a King in England, basically. Oh, that's interesting. And so you're trying to forge allegiances between all these like disparate parties. You're trying to also fight like the uh, the Templars who have, I guess, stayed in England ever since like the collapse of Rome. So there's a lot mm-hmm. going on. It's it's really it's fun. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a little overwhelming. And like I know that Odyssey was a big game. I know Origins was a big game. But like this one just feels so much bigger. Like such a right large jump even from odyssey that that's a little intimidating like i just don't know if i have it in me for like a 150 hour game we'll see i've been like struggling with that recently as far as like the length of games like i'm kind of at a point now where i used to never think this but i'm like definitely at the point now where i am certainly of the mindset of a game can be too long yeah buddy but i but i think that's you know it's like a personal thing too for sure like you know if i wasn't working a full-time job that required me to commute two hours every day. Like I probably wouldn't be quite as concerned about it, but I'm like kind of at the point now where I don't know, I, I've kind of given up on JRPGs and like games of like massive size yeah. just cause I, I just know I can't like it. Or, or if I attempt, it's going to be months before I beat it. Well, especially like I like reading, I like listening to music, like I right. like going for walks and it just seems like everything is in direct conflict with something else. I'm like, but I could right. go for a walk and listen to a podcast. I could go for a walk and listen to an album I've been wanting to listen to again. Mm-hmm. You know? And so just trying to find like I, I I've said before that I don't care about story and games. I don't. But also like I paid for this game. So like if there's like right. dialogue, like I'm going to pay attention to it. It's just not my driving force. Like I need a game to be fun first and then. If there's a good story, that's awesome. That's just icing on the cake, but that's not what I look for. 
But then right. like, I can't listen to a podcast even while I'm just like running through the fields because there's a freaking mission every 20 feet that I just stumble into. I'm like, well, I got to I got to figure out what's going on here because the game does a whole bunch like it just leaves context because it doesn't tell you how to do anything. It doesn't show you where your objectives are, really. And so, like, you need to find, like, a note that'll tell you, like, oh, we stopped putting guards up on the north because of the hole there. And we could just see from the inside. So, like, I had to find that note on one side of the church then like, go to the other side of the church, shoot an arrow from, like, a very, very far away into a tiny <laughs> slit to, like, blow up, like, oh the, the hard door so I could sneak into the church and get, like, the armor that was hidden in there. And so it's wow. just, it's, like, a way more involved game. So I'm like, crap, man. Like, with Origins, I would just, like, listen to a podcast and, like, get a little high and play that. And I, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> like, I really got to focus if I want to get this game done. Right. Coach, what were you going to say? There was something you were... No, I, I was going to tell George, I'm the same way about music. As far as, you know, you said you don't need a story for a video game. Mm-hmm. For music, I don't need, like, I don't care about the lyrics. To me, it's all about the music. And I, I think I'm in the select, the minority on that one, because everyone likes a good, you know, a good song, but I'm all about that beat, the bass, the, the, <laughs> the, the drumming, the guitar, everything all together, you know? So whether it's Led Zeppelin or if you have um, Nirvana, you know, where they have meaning in their songs or you have Motley Crue, right. which is just about let's get naked and party basically, you know, as long <laughs> as it has like a good, it's good musically, then, uh, then I'm okay. That's really interesting. I think that is the equivalent for me with games, though, because it's one of those things like I don't need to listen to the lyrics of a Led Zeppelin song to know how a Led Zeppelin song is supposed to make me feel, you know? Right, right. And like I don't need to pay attention to a story in some games to know that like, oh, man, I'm pressing a lot of buttons really quickly. I got to dodge a lot. I got to I got to roll a lot. I got to spam quick attacks. I'm like, oh, this is like a stressful action game. You know, like it's just like the way I interact with the controller tells me everything I need to know about the game the same way like oh man, this beat is just low and slow. And like, oh, this is just a horny song, you know? <laughs> like, right. But <laughs> some things just transcend like the exact, like them telling you how you're supposed to feel about things. There's two games recently within the last four or five years, whatever, that I I was more focused on the story and that was Jedi Fallen Order mm-hmm. and uh, Breath of the Wild because Breath of the Wild had th- just a little bit of story basically, but you know, going and finding the memories, that was important to me because that gave you a little bit of a backstory, you know? So, yeah. but uh, yeah. I'm like, I'm kind of like you where, you know, I mean, I grew up on the NES and games didn't really have Mike Tyson's punch out right? contra, you know, <laughs> it was just, there's no story. You just go out there. I mean, even uh legend of Zelda, you know, you yeah, go so in dangerous to go alone. That was all you got. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And then you, it looked like a little pig that you fight at the end, you know? Well, and you know, I, I was thinking about, sorry, this is like way off topic, but I, I love this conversation. So I'm going to keep yanking this thread. Um, when I was driving home today, I was just in the mood. So I turned on, I don't know. I coach probably knows. I don't know if you played this game, George, but uh, skyward sword on the Wii. It came yeah. with a soundtrack disc of like a orchestral renderings of like Zelda songs. Mm-hmm. And so I was listening to this like in the car on the way home from work today. And even though most Zelda games don't really have stories, I was like listening to this music in the car on the way home. And I was like getting emotional, like thinking about like all the memories I had, like playing these games and like just my, my love for these games and like the way they made me feel like just listening to like this orchestral music, even though they don't really have like, 
I don't know, crazy stories or anything like that. So I think that's fascinating um, for me, at least. Like, I'm, I'm certainly of the same mindset, too. Like, I think a game can be super memorable and, and enjoyable without too much in the way of story, personally. Like, if there's a great environment or if the music is good, like, there's a lot to a game for me. Well, I remember so. Destiny 1 got crapped on a lot because, like, most of the story, the backstory, everything about that game was hidden in the Grimoire cards. Right. So you had to play the game to unlock more Grimoire cards, and you were basically sort of, like, assembling your own mystery from there. And, like, I, I didn't think that was a very fair criticism because Destiny did such a good job of making, like, multiplayer work together in a way, like, co-op, like... The raids, I think, are some of my favorite gaming memories of this generation. And so, like, yeah, you can say that, like, there's no story to it. But, like, I still remember doing, like, the Crota raid in Destiny 1. And that took six hours. And that's, like, one of my all-time favorite memories just because, like, the story became not about, like, you know, defeating the son of Oryx or whatever. But it became about, like, okay, Jason, I need you to, like, actually jump up. You need to be able to get three swings on him with that sword. Otherwise, I'm going to murder you in real life. Like, I, we, we've done this 45 <laughs> times in a row. We can't do this anymore. It is 4 o'clock in the morning. We said we were going right. to do this really quick and then go to bed. I need you to stop sucking. Just just <laughs> nut up, cowboy up, and get it done. Uh, and so, like, that became the story. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, the story of Destiny is fantastic. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. You just hate your friends, and then they hate you, and back and forth forever, and then you die. It's fantastic. So if you were to go back in any time, and this is for both of you guys, if you were to go back in any time – and this is just thinking about good memories of gaming and you would want to relive again, what would it be? Like, it could be a launch. It could be a generation. It could be, you know, a summer when a bunch of games or a fall, you know, what would you, where would you go back to and either experience again, or you knew you missed something and you wanted to experience for the first time. Oh man. I think my answer is less time-based. I guess, I mean, it still is time-based because this is when I played this set of games. And it's probably obvious for those that know me, but I, uh, I had always wanted to get into this franchise. I had a friend of ours, Blake, who was super into this franchise and had, had talked to me about it for years. And I thought it was interesting. But one summer, I picked up every Metal Gear Solid game. Um, at the time, I guess it was one through four and Peace Walker or the only ones that were out. And I played through all of them, like in a span of like a month or two. And those games like changed my life. Like I, 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 I mean, it's my favorite series now. They're phenomenal, phenomenal games. But the problem with those games is they're so story-based that going back to them now, like I still love them, but I'll never forget like, I don't know, slight spoilers for those that haven't played, but like getting to the end of Metal Gear Solid 3 and like, fighting the boss like that sequence i don't know just the the emotions and memories and everything i have of that that game um the build up to the end of four like everything um and i can't even imagine being somebody who had spent you know 15 years playing these games and leading up you know starting with one i guess it was in like 97 or 98 i think something like that and then playing finishing it off with four and whenever that was 2007 ish. Um, and I played them all in a month. So <laughs> I can't imagine like doing it over that, that, um, you know, 10 years or so and letting that build more than what I did. So I guess my, my, 
my short answer is I just want to replay Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> all of them. And uh, for the first time again, that would be my go to. How about you, George? Uh, I'm torn. I got two answers. Um, my freshman year of college, I had a roommate that basically uh, you got to choose your roommate. If you both like met each other at orientation, you're like, oh, yeah, we, we wouldn't mind living with each other. We're both like oh yeah i got a 360 he's like me too i'm like oh you seem normal he's like yeah you too and that was like all the conversation was and then we started like living together and it turns out we were both really into games and we got so into rainbow six vegas too that that was oh, all we man. did and so we wouldn't even like we played through the story and we're like yeah that was fine but like i just kind of want to keep playing this game so we got incredibly into terrorist hunt right and so we'd said it's like the hardest ai the most amount of enemies in the smallest confined space and we like made it into a drinking game. We made it into like, a, OK, if I get more kills, then like you have to go get the pizza from from Domino's. <laughs> I'm like, we just did it for everything. And like also like we made bets. We, we like we would settle arguments in Mario Tennis on N64 and got to the point where it's like two plus two is five. It's like, uh, no, man, it's four. It's like, well, it looks like we're going to settle this on the court. <laughs> and so we would like create like our own laws and physics of the universe that only existed in our dorm because someone won a game of Mario tennis. Um, That's fun. That's good memories. That's something like when you're old, you'll remember that stuff, you know, Well, that, and then we lived together sophomore year. And then that was like, he got a PS three. I got a Wii. And so we had like two TVs set up in our dorm and we had it. So like one person could play like sitting on the couch with the 360, which is what we had most of our games for. And the other person could play like PS3, like over by the door on the desk. They had like a little mini, like 30 inch TV over there. And man, it was just so much fun. We were just like literally like swapping in and out. I was just like, okay, man, I want to play this game. It's called mag. It's supposed to be sweet. And then <laughs> like doing that. And then like, all right, cool, man. I, uh, I really want to check out this game. I've heard good things. It's called mass effect. And you just like, just doing that swapping back and forth. And I'm pretty then, sure that's the first time mag has ever been brought up on this show. And I just want to say, thank you. Yeah, I, I love that game. I can't believe that that game came out on PlayStation three. And that's not something they're trying to like revive for PS five. That but. game was revolutionary i 256 player multiplayer are you freaking kidding me <laughs> ridiculous it's preposterous how uh, how did we go back from that okay i i redact my answer my answer is i want to go back to when mag servers were still online yeah <laughs> because that that is the answer for me honestly that game was so much fun again same friend blake blake and i played that game like crazy when it was operational so uh that game was what, a game. what um, a game the other era is I, I kind of miss I like wasn't really paying that much attention to games when I was like 15, 16, like 2005, 2006, 2004. And like looking back on it, I think that's like probably the most interesting era of games. Like when the GameCube was going strong, when the Xbox is going strong, the PS2, like I just love that aesthetic. I think I've talked about that before on the podcast. Like anything Y2K era is just mm -hmm. crack to me. Um. But yeah, just like going to the store and like not still being like unsure about your purchases because like I saw a dial up <laughs> until like 2010, but like going and like, huh, like this game seems kind of interesting. It looks weird, though. And it's like beyond good and evil. And you're like, oh, crap, that game was amazing. Like that was a, a lot of fun. And then like I was still buying a lot of licensed games at the time because they were the quickest ones to drop down to 20 bucks at Walmart. So like I would just justify to myself I'm like, oh, man, the Fantastic Four game came out like that one's not bad. It's not it's not the worst game. Like I actually think I had fun with that. And just like being like, oh, man, what was I thinking? That game sucks. But then like the Punisher game comes out and you grab that. And, like that game's like legit great. Like the third person shooter Punisher game. 
the game's actually, I never played it, but I heard is, it was good. The game is actually incredible and the most violent thing I've ever played. Where like you'd <laughs> you'd be like in a car mechanics office, and you'd like have to interrogate some guy. So you'd like grab him by the throat, throw him down onto like a clamp and pull out like a drill. And then it became like a rhythm game of you trying to like balance the drill above his head so that it would intimidate him into answering you, but not press it too far so you'd kill him before getting the information needed. I'm like can't believe this is a game man like this is the most violent thing like this is worse than like a tarantino movie like this is brutal <laughs> uh, but that balancing act of those three consoles and like in, in like the graveyard of the I, dreamcast i think is just so cool oh the dreamcast what a system what about you I, I think for me there's two like i guess when we all first met in like 2012 when we were starting youtube basically um that was exciting right because it was a new thing you know and getting like a a capture card that could record at 720 bro you were that was good back then right yep. and so austin and i we would actually like we would push each other to make better videos we would help each other out like it, it, that was such a fun time. Like it was, we would be on Google Hangouts mm-hmm. and we'd just be talking all night. Right. And it's crazy. I'd fall, I'd fall asleep and be snoring. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't was, even know how we've talked about this, but I don't know how in the world we, we would literally stay on there until like 4am. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even know the last time I stayed up till 4am. I don't even know the last time I stayed up till 1am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just like, it was so exciting because both the PS3 and 360 were hitting it, its yeah. its peak, right? They were doing right. really well. Both of them were. Microsoft, or they just, in the, the 360 just uh, put out that four gig uh, model that they had. Yep. And so, um, because if you remember, one, the first uh, 360 that had the HDMI out, you have to, it, it didn't have audio. So you would have to do, you would have to use your audio visual, uh, you know, your AV cables and the HDMI, but it wouldn't fit. So you would have to take the, um, like the, the housing around it. So that way you could get your HDMI cable. And it was, it was wild back then, but that, and then probably like long-term, I would probably want to go back and like get more into PC game when, um, yeah. gaming, when doom came out, like when the original doom, like during that be, a, be with that movement of doom, doom two. Yeah, it seems like such a weird time. Like no other time in gaming. Was there like a real, you had to be there moment. You know, right. like that feels like the biggest one to me. Just the underground scene of first person shooters yes. like, really coming and like pressing, like, oh yeah, well, it's a shareware floppy disk. So like, you, yeah. you, you can get by with like, you just need two of these, and then you can get the rest from downloading. It's like, wait, what's downloading? It's like, all right, man, buckle up. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so and every you know, and at that time, you know, people were you had forty six computers. You know, they were getting they they were just jumping into Pentium, you know, your Pentium processor and stuff like that. So it was, um, those nineties, man, were something special, you know? And I mean, think about it. The super Nintendo made big strides, the Genesis and the super Nintendo, that whole, uh, battle between the two. I mean, it helped them out, you know, because they pushed each other. 
you know, the competition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely I would want to go and maybe take a timeout on the console as far as the Genesis and Super Nintendo and focus on on getting into Doom and getting into that community. Because yeah. um, that was, that was a, ama- you know, you look back and it's awesome. I also think it'd be fun to be on the ground floor of uh, World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. I think that would be. Was, it, was that like 2003 or 2002 or something? Like around there. Yeah, just taking yeah. a break from Ultima Online. You're like, there's no way this new thing's going to be as good as this. But <laughs> The documentaries on that whole release and, you know, the, the early days of World of Warcraft is just, it's so fun to watch so, because I never really got into it, right? But right. The, um, the release parties were just like massive, you know? I caught some, some G4 like uh b-roll the other day i was just like bored on youtube and it was talking <laughs> about halo 2's release and it was just nice. like going to like the midnight launches at like you know uh times square in new york and man mm-hmm. just that entire era of like just douchebags with like the puka shell necklaces and like the gelled hair <laughs> that like was just like strong enough to like land like a helicopter on top of like on that <laughs> weird platform that people always made with their hair and uh everyone was wearing like a tool t-shirt or something like God, it just what a what a special time yeah. I remember Halo 2. I was at Fort Hood and it was raining and cold. And so I went over, I, I went over to Walmart and I picked it up. And uh, that was uh, that was one of the most hyped games I, or hyped I was for a game, you know, because we had so much fun um, with Halo. And then when Halo 2 came out, it was just, you know, we're all in the barracks. So we all had our different TVs and it was it was insane. It was good. Right. That I was, I was, I'm, I'm lucky to say that I was part of that, the land type of yeah. Halo stuff. I was, we did a lot that. of that. I oh, missed that era. So good. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had been around for that. I was like a little, little too late for it, but. I just remember like I had a TV in my room and I would like wait for my dad to go to sleep and I'd be like, okay, he's asleep. And then we'd like go into like the office and like the TV room and like we'd grab the TVs from other parts of the house and bring them into my room. <laughs> Because I like while the, he was asleep, I was asleep because I like the biggest <laughs> movable TV, basically. Yeah, um, it was like an old hand me down, it was huge, but it was like 600 pounds. And so we do that, and then we set up land parties like in my bedroom, and like we try to stay up like as late as we could so we could get the most gaming in, but then we had to like move the TVs back. And it got to the point too where like if my dad had to come to like go to the bathroom or whatever, we just like cover up the TVs in my room with blankets so like he wouldn't know. <laughs> like we were just like, oh god, I hope he doesn't look in the living room. I hope he doesn't like look in the <laughs> office to see like if his little like twelve inch TV is still there or not. Um, also, I I understand there's like nothing more convenient than like a Nintendo Switch. But um, I just want to talk about the GameCube GBA connection for a little bit. (sighs) Yes. I think that's so strange, but so freaking cool, too. Like, just the fact that you could, like, link your Game Boy and, like, use that as a controller. And that there was, like, interconnectivity between Metroid Prime and, like, Metroid Fusion. Like, that was groundbreaking at the time. And, like, I know it's not super convenient. But it is super cool that you could like swipe a card and like get a game. Oh god! Like that felt like the future, and like I, I know that like it's we're clearly way more in the future now, both literally and technologically speaking. But like, man, swiping a pack of cards to like get Donkey Kong or something on your Game mm-hmm. Boy—that is the god future <laughs> to me. Like that was so cool, man. And we just, just we wear. We just swapped it in for we wear. <laughs> 
Instead, we got Cooking Mama. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, well, I for, love that. For me, it was the, uh, you know, the my the GameCube is my all time favorite system, me too. hands down, because the Game Boy Player. Yeah. You yeah. know, so you have all of these amazing games that you could play on the TV. You know, you had the the two Metroids. You had. Anything that you wanted as far, you know, because they released a lot of the Final Fantasy games on the Game Boy Advance. You I know, know. And they're better than the DS versions because they didn't screw with the art style. Um, sorry, I got a big problem with like the chibi style of fantasy, Final Fantasy 4 DS. Yeah. Oh, you do? You don't like that? The do, more the not, 3D model? I do not like that one, though. Oh, wow. OK. But I think the sprite ones for Game Boy Advance, legitimately gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um and I think some of those are the best versions to play. Yeah. I, I think one and two, but one and two, um, is it the the PSP? Is that the best version of one and two to play? I think that's what I. Yeah, the, the Origins one. Yeah. 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 I'm like, I don't know. This conversation has me thinking back on a lot of stuff. I was thinking about when George was saying about the the TVs and stuff. My brother and I, we used to sleep in the same room. We had a bunk bed. And we would, we would stay up like all night long playing SOCOM multiplayer on our PSPs in this bunk bed. We would just be like sitting there, like hoping our parents they'd come in and, and look at us playing SOCOM like one or two or whatever it was on on PSP online. Oh, is that yeah, man? And then when I was in like fourth grade, like uh, Game Boy with like Pokemon Silver coming out or like uh, Pokemon Crystal coming out. And then when the Game Boy Advances came out, that was like a huge game changer because you didn't have to put a snake mm-hmm. light in like the usb weird like yep. firewire yeah. light or whatever that was great and you could just like close the clamshell like i'm not i'm yep. not playing anything um <laughs> god that was so good i uh i was putting together my resume and i was like looking for writing samples and i remember i didn't work for a website a couple years ago mm-hmm. and uh i found uh my bio at the bottom of my article <laughs> I saw you tweeted this. Uh, yeah, George is an action RPG fan who still has his GameCube plugged in. When he's not playing or writing about games, he's watching the Celtics blow lead in the fourth quarter and subsequently crying into cheap beer. And I just think <laughs> it's funny. I wrote that uh, 2013, so seven years have gone yeah. by, and literally nothing has changed. <laughs> blow another series lead, another fourth quarter lead in the Eastern Conference Finals against Miami this year. I played more of my GameCube than my PlayStation 4 this year. <laughs> like, the more things change, the more they stay the same, boys. So, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. I love I love thinking about, like, all the fun I had with games back in the day. I, I, I know for all of us, things have changed. And um, I do miss, like, being being a kid and, and, like, just that feeling of, like, playing a game as a kid and, and all that. I did want to say, I, just because this is a hilarious story, and, I, and maybe we can move on after this. But my brother and I, when we got our PSPs, my parents bought them like used on eBay or something. I think it was because they were like pretty new at the time. So they were still pretty expensive. And um, we found <laughs> they were giving them to us for Christmas. They each, they gave us each one for Christmas. And we found where they were stashing the PSPs until Christmas in their bedroom. And we started playing them before Christmas and we would go in there like every single day and play these PSPs when we were not supposed to know that they existed. 
uh, pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and because it was used, yeah, like there was there you, yeah. weren't, you weren't scared of opening the box. It was right. in the games were used too. Right. Yeah, cuz like it, there was no evidence of like us being in there. It was just no when Christmas came around 30 days later, we had played these PSPs for 30 days. PSP <laughs> is underrated, man. That, that is an underrated console. You know what? You're right. It is. And it, it is. was, it was, it was like an exciting time for handheld, you know, like there was something legitimately good, had a better yep. screen than uh, the Game Boy Advance, right? It was the Game Boy Advance at that time, right? Yep. Or was it the DS? I think it was Advance was sort of, on its last legs yeah. okay the baton to the DS. and there yeah. was some really good games for it like also, legit good screw, games screw nintendo for pretending to have three pillars what the hell are you talking about you're gonna have the game boy advance you're gonna have the nintendo ds and the gamecube like you're really gonna have two different handhelds like as the yeah. two of the three pillars we know what you're doing man like <laughs> Sorry. It's like when um, the Switch came out, I never thought they were going to stop making 3DS games. It's like, can you guys just stop, please? Well, the, the most disappointing <laughs> thing was the fact that they, um, I wouldn't even call it a remaster. They just ported the original Luigi's Mansion to the 3DS. And it was like, yeah. wait a minute. We, we got the Switch. Yeah. What are you doing? This is a perfect opportunity <laughs> to see if people will buy GameCube games on the Switch. Yeah. Well, then also, like, didn't they yeah. do, like, Samus Returns after the Switch had come out? It's like, come on, man. I think so. Yeah. It's like, dude, just. Yeah, because I was in uh, Saudi Arabia when that came out. Yeah, it's like, probably, probably should have been a $30 Switch game, my boys. Like, come on. Yeah. I have it, and I've never played it for that reason. Because oh, I don't want to go back to my 3DS. Uh, it's actually really good. I think it's worth I know. I need, to, I need to just charge my 3DS and play it at some point. But, all right. We should probably move on. Coach, do you want to talk about games you've been playing or should we move into news? Uh, let's just go into the news. Okay. Awesome. Do you want to talk about games you've been playing? Yeah, I'll talk about <laughs> Hyrule Warriors for about three seconds. Um, since I didn't talk about it last week, I've been playing Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity since that came out uh, about a month ago now, maybe a little less. But I just wanted to say that that game is really freaking good. I think it's probably my favorite Warriors game. Um, not necessarily because it's related to Breath of the Wild. I just think the gameplay itself, um, it kind of, it changes things. I feel like most of the Warriors games are very similar. Uh, they're all kind of hack and slash, but this one feels more strategic. There's more, especially with the boss characters. Like it's not, you're not just sitting there like spamming buttons at them. Like you actually have to pay attention to what's happening. Otherwise you're going to get slammed. And, um, I've never really felt that with any of the Warriors games before. I felt like they were kind of just like, yeah, I mean, you can like combo and stuff, but there's not really any difficulty to them unless you like crank up the difficulty. But I've been playing on normal. I found it actually pretty challenging. I think um, the story is interesting. I think that's part of why I'm so into it, obviously, is because the last Hyrule Warriors was essentially like a fan fiction game where it was like, oh, yeah, check out yeah characters from every single zelda game ever made all in one game it's like oh well that doesn't really make sense story-wise but okay and i love that game but this one is like obviously all very condensed it's all like breath of the wild characters it's all in that storyline so i i find it very interesting and fun i so. think it's really smart and cool that like they had this story oh there's a big war and the kingdom fell like a big war doesn't make sense in a Zelda game, yeah. but it makes perfect yeah. sense in a Hyrule Warriors game. Like that—that's just really right. smart. 
part that yeah. like they're breaking the story up across genres like i think that's very right novel no i i think it's really cool and um slightly news topic but i just want to say i'm super excited for persona 5 uh, strikers they finally announced this week is coming west and finally they did yeah wow when is what's the due date a release date february oh wow that's right around I the corner something like that yeah so it's been out in japan for a while now like it was i think last year which is it on the ps4 as well or is it just the switch ps4 and switch what are you so gonna get, get it on, on i'll get it on ps4 yeah i think so too something like that i'd probably go ps4 just because i think it'd be smoother yeah i don't really follow persona what is strikers so it's uh, a warriors game. It's it's oh, okay. made by it's made by uh, Omega Force. So it, it's basically a warriors game. But this one, I think, kind of similar to the new Hyrule Warriors. It kind of steps away from the warriors a little more and, and pulls a little more into Persona. I think there seems to be a little more strategy to it. Um, I've heard amazing things. Like I said, it's been out in Japan for like two years. So okay. it's it's good they're finally bringing it west. But it's it's a true sequel. To five so oh, it, cool. it takes place after five ends so which is exciting because i love five very cool but yeah i will say i will oh, say real ahead. quick um that i finally have my uh series x set up in the mm-hmm. in the whole gaming slash theater room and i have i did buy call of duty um modern warfare the last year's uh i guess is it a reboot yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, Call of Duty. And it, dude, it is awesome, man. Like that game is I so so pretty, right? Yes, it like, is. Even a year later, it's still so pretty. Yeah, but there was also an update too. Uh a texture oh, pack. Is? Yeah, there is. So there was a lot of stuff I had to download. It took about four hours to download because <laughs> once you download one pack, then you could go in and I'm sure I could select them all. I just didn't figure out how to do that. Right. So, um, and I did it last Friday. So after we had our, um, our last podcast, so, um, I've been playing that and oof, man, it looks amazing. It are, does. Are you a big achievement guy? No, no. Okay. Uh, cause I know the platinum trophy for that game. I got that in like three sessions of playing the game. Oh, like it, it wow. is a very, very, very easy platinum, but like, you don't feel like you're cheating to get the, it's not like a, my name is Mayo easy platinum. You have to actually play the game. Um, I'm sorry. Throwing shade at me and Elijah over here. Sorry. You, you scums. <sighs> you sorry. Trophy. I spent $5 for two platinum trophies. George. Wait, so what was the name of that? My name is Mayo. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I have no platinums, so. I have to at least get one uninitiated just to let you know my name is Mayo because I know we brought it up on the show a few times you literally sit there and tap X like a thousand times and you get a platinum like you literally just tap a button on the controller over and over again that's all you do so Ridiculous. if you want a platinum Ridiculous. how dare you and it's cross by cross by on Vita and, and PS4 See, this is one of those things where it's like do you ever meet someone so stupid and you're like I can't believe your vote and my vote like way the same <laughs> it's just like, I can't believe that like my platinums and your platinums like we're, we're, co- we're conversing about platinums like they're the same they're not the same get out of here so I wish more Nintendo games would do this because you know people have wanted the platinum like that yeah. whole type of uh I guess um, system. yeah, that yeah. system, but 
Remember the original Rogue Squadron, that was before Platinums and you had all the different medals and you had yeah. different right. achievements. So you had time kills. Um, you had all these different things, right? Accuracy, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, but if that, that $60 game that will never be sold for anything less, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, <laughs> they kind of have that, but it's either like you 100% it or you could get 200% where you play the entire game going from right to left. Yeah. So, That's um, awesome. yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. So I got. 95% because right when I got, I beat the game. I did beat it, but I had one more, which was the last secret stage. And those, it just, you, you can't, you die, you go right to the back. They're, they're pretty difficult, right? So it was right when we were getting ready to leave. So I didn't have time to, to play it. So at some point I will go back and try and uh, um, 100%. So, and then I'll have to do the same with uh, the first Donkey Kong Country on on the Wii, just to round it out. Well, and I will say it's interesting too, because like people want those achievements on Nintendo games, and some of them like do it in the game. So, like Pikmin Three, for example, we just played through on Switch, and it literally has like an achievement system inside the game. It's just not like Unified, on the system, yeah. right? There's there's like medals and stuff you get in the game for doing certain things and it's literally like trophies or achievements would be it's just not like on your nintendo account or anything like that i remember like uh what was it uh nintendo uh like nes remix that had like the stamps which was like it's like, yeah, version, like right. achievement system. but honestly i want them to do basically like what they did on 3ds remember like with the uh, street pass you could like get little pieces of a puzzle mm-hmm and then you're just like mm-hmm. slowly putting together like a mosaic. Like yeah, so cool. that is such a Nintendo way to do it. Just like, okay, no, like each game is worth like 30 pieces, like 30 right. pieces of art. And then once it's combined, then you get like this really cool. The only problem is like the switch isn't nearly as interesting visually as the uh, 3ds was. Cause that right. was awesome just to get like a 3d model that you could like explore, you know? And I know it's not quite the same for switch, but man, I want some kind of achievement system. Also, sorry, my niece is screaming in the background. She uh, is really good at running up and down the hallway now. <laughs> so that's fun to do. But they just, okay. I just hope that like the achievement system, I just hope that it, it, it's like it's fun to do the achievements. Right. Instead yeah. of just playing through the base game. Like if you remember for Metroid Prime, you know, scanning everything that that wasn't fun to me. You know, whereas no, if you really, look at it really wasn't, man. <laughs> no, if you look at Arkham Asylum, I loved like when I go do, when I do a playthrough, I try and do it at least once every year, once every two years. When I do my playthrough of Arkham Asylum, I'll go through and get all the, the Riddler trophies. But there's no way in hell I'm going to do all the Riddler trophies in uh, Arkham Knight. Stupid Arkham Knight, yeah. Jesus. They they went they took it in a negative direction. You know. George, just while we're on this topic, this isn't so much a question for Coach because I know he doesn't have any. But one, what was your first platinum? And two, what is your most recent? Your your what platinum are you proudest of? That's Ooh. the word I'm looking for. Um, I got them the same week. I can't remember which one I got first. I never gave a crap about trophies until like 2012. I was a little late coming to trophies. Um, I think my first one is either Resistance Burning Skies, the Vita Resistance oh, game, God. or uh, <laughs> the original Borderlands. I can't remember which one. Okay, I um, hope it's the latter. My proudest one, 
Oh, that's such a great question, actually. <sighs> um, I'm I have the platinum in Star Wars Battlefront two. I'm really proud of that one because wow. that was really that was a lot of work to yeah. get that wow. one. Um, let's see. Besides that, I got the platinum in Drive Club. Oh, that's really proud too. of that one too. Um, uh, yeah, I'd say one of those two probably. I've also got like the platinum in tomb raider the reboot and the ps4 remake of the reboot wow so you did it twice yeah and like the first (laughs) one took me like four years and then i just did the one on ps4 in like a week probably nice i i go through bouts where i don't really care about gaming and then gaming is all i care about yeah i'm trying to think my first one was portal 2 that's fantastic i'm i'm yeah that's on my list of games to go back to and grab yeah, and uh, which is why I'm glad that that's my first Platinum because that is one of my favorite games of all time. Right. I love that game. Um, my proudest, I think, would probably... I have two. The first one is Velocity Ultra. Is Ooh, that, that, that game's brutal. Yeah. Right. The uh, I forget what it was, but I think the final trophy or something that I needed was like to S-rank like the final mission on like the hardest difficulty possible. Mm-hmm. And it took me like I literally sat there playing the same mission over and over again for like six hours. Wow. So that game I is proud of that, that game is incredibly hard. That is I'd be it very is. proud of that. It is. I, I need to find one game for 2021 and platinum it, you know, just to get a platinum. because the thing about achievements yeah. on for Xbox, they don't have that platinum achievement. It's just. Did you finish all, getting of all of it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think it, to me, it'd be like, I got the platinum, you know? Spider-Man's so, a good one. Um, yeah. Force of Awakens, not Force Awakens, uh, Jedi Fallen Order is a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend Fabio, who does not give a crap about platinums, even he got the platinum in that. In what one? Uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, I have it on, uh, on Xbox. On, yeah. yeah. Uh, in that case, Miles Morales is actually a way better platinum than the original Spider-Man. Like it, it's just when you say better, what do you mean by better? You're it's less repetitive. Okay. Um, and so like there was just a lot to do in the original Spider-Man game, but it was just doing the same thing forever. Yeah. It felt like, and Miles Morales just trimmed a lot of fat from that game. So like you know he had to like go through like all those Wilson Fisk like hideouts, like the old like uh, construction sites, and clear all those out there was like i think like 15 or 20 of those like in the original spider-man game i think there was five in total for every faction combined or six for every faction combined in miles morales so it just Mm -hmm. it was just like hey we know this is fun here's this x amount of times and you can reset them if you want but like we're not gonna ask you to do it 30 times because that's ridiculous but i'll tell you that i mean i only was able to play a little bit of it but from what i did i like clearing those out because those help me learn like the whole fighting system, right? Oh, for sure. So, yeah. yeah. You know, so um, I'm probably going to go back to if I deploy next year, um, which one month we are one month, it's up in the air. I don't know. <laughs> I would definitely, I mean, I have to get that one. So I don't know. We'll see if I do need, I want, if, if I'm going to get a platinum, I want Spider-Man to be that first one because man, I think you looks, could do it. Yeah. Yeah, but, okay. good one. Did, did you guys get the platinum for Ratchet and Clank? No. Uh, I have not, but just because I, I stopped playing that game. So I that is on my list. I really want to try to get the platinums in um, 
like most first party games like that that's like kind of important yeah. to me like there's some that i know i'm just never going to get like kill zone shadowfall or something and i have no problem giving up on a game like that but like i don't know like i want to get like the days gone platinum um the ghost of Tsushima platinum is actually awesome too that one's super i've fun. heard that one's not too bad yeah that one is really uh according to like psnprofiles.com which is a website i check every day even, oh, when, even when i, I don't play even when i don't play games i check it all mm-hmm. the time Looking at it right now, its platinum clearance rate is 50%. So that means half the people wow. who have played that game have gotten the platinum. I was going to say this, uh, talking about long games earlier at the start of the show, Persona 5 Royal has one of the easiest platinum trophies if you play the 130-hour story. <laughs> it's like literally straight up like as long as you do everything like properly, you just get the platinum. Basically, what's everything properly? Social links and all that stuff. No, you don't. You don't have to max out everything. Um, there's like a few things on the side you have to do, like going to the baseball stadium and like swinging your bat or whatever it is. Like it's just side things that you maybe by chance would not do, but there's mm-hmm. like nothing hard about it at all. Like there's no, there's no challenge to it. It's straight up just like, oh yeah, go there and do this, and it's all stuff that you can easily do in the game. So. I thought that was that was interesting. Unlike Persona Five Standard, which I'm pretty sure takes a New Game Plus playthrough to get the platinum, which is interesting. Uh, the Spider-Man platinum rate is 47. percent That's a good percentage rate. Um, well, that like with anything that, above like 20, I feel like is is pretty achievable. Yeah, except yeah. for the God of War games, those are all like 30, percent and I just mm-hmm. I don't have the hands for God of War, so I'm I'm never going to get those platinums. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to go for the original Mass Effect by the end of the year, I think. Oh. Well, oh, man. that. So what Mass Effect are you going to get when it re-releases next year? I'm assuming oh, I'm, it's coming out. Oh, I'm totally, I, I will buy the Legendary Edition, but like, I'm at like 87% on Mass Effect 2 on my PS3. I just have to do like the Insanity playthrough. Hmm. And then I have to do a, a whole bunch of just like random trophies for the first Mass Effect game, which I have no problem going back and doing. Yeah. Um, Ugh, ugh, I've been falling out of games, but like just talking about this, if, if more people cared about <laughs> trophies, I think I would care more. Um, as it stands, I've got like one friend and like Elijah's not really competitive because he's so freaking far ahead of me that it's just like, I'm, I'm just never going to catch up. Yeah. So it's just, I wish I had 10% of the time that Elijah had to play. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that the two platinum trophies I really want to get still are, um, the what was the most recent uncharted game the the standalone one oh, uh um, something's end is it something's end yeah it's a thief's end what the heck that was was it um i cannot think of the name i love that game lost legacy yeah. lost legacy i want the platinum for that and i want the platinum for golden abyss because i have the platinums for one through four are I've they got, easy or difficult i've got golden abyss um they're kind of grindy just because like yeah. you have to the games on crushing but unlike the last games or like the PS3 games, like if you have like the PS4 trilogy, crushing is unlocked from the start. So you can right. just start on crushing. And then I did two playthroughs where I just focused on getting through the game and then I went back and collected all the. Uh, oh, OK, I see. So you you your first playthrough, you do it on the hardest difficulty so you could check that box off and then you right. go back and then you uh, get all the others on the. Yeah. And it it depends on the game, too, because. I think one, two, and three, I just did straight through. Like I, I played normal, and then I played crushing after. But on four, and I'm assuming Lost Legacy is the same way. If you play your second playthrough on crushing, 
it lets you use like the cheats yeah and it's fine like it, it you you can still get trophies so there's some cheat for infinite ammo or whatever it may be and it, like it made it really easy whereas you before, use cheats before you yeah. couldn't do that like you had to play on like a lesser right. difficulty of a level you've oh. already completed on a higher difficulty right. to use the cheats but you can only unlock the cheats after you beat the game the first time i think if i'm okay. not mistaken yeah. so, so let me also, ask you this sorry, new answer Your- most proud platinum Grand Theft Auto Vice City. That is my most proud platform. Oh, man. Yeah. 100%ing that game was a pain in the d- I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, real quick, look at the achieve or the platinums for the uh, the PS3 Ratchet and Clanks. What are the percentage for those? I want to be, mm-hmm. I, I'd be interested because I would. If, if they were, if they're pretty high, bro, next, next week is finals and I got two weeks. I could, probably burn one of those and and get a platinum before the year's over and we could celebrate um so the ps4 one has a 21 percent platinum yeah that one's hard man i think that one's a little (laughs) bit difficult well i guess that's on psm profiles i suppose so it's it's a little skewed um let's see that last boss man was if, if you don't have the right um weapon you're going to struggle. They See, seem to be all the, around 20%. Really? The first, Even the, do you have like the HD remakes for PS3? No, but I'll, I mean, I can buy them. All right. The HD remake of one is 27%. The HD remake of two is... Two is 34 based off of PSM profiles at yeah. least. So they're but not too bad, the I guess. But there's the other ones that came out the... Uh, like all for one, future and perfect and all that. But yeah, the... Into the Nexus, it says it's thirty one percent. Yeah, honestly, so, like if if bad. a game is a but like even then, like um, the Star Wars Battlefront Platinum, I didn't think was hard. It just took a long time, and like that yeah, one is grindy. That one is at uh, let's see, five or four point five eight percent. Yeah, and like the Drive Club one is five percent. The Golden Abyss one is thirteen percent. Like basically, like if a game is above five percent, I'll consider it. But like it's yeah. when it's at like 0.03%, I'm like, oh, that's going to be hard. Um, well, and the fun ones are always the ones that have like super easy trophy lists. And then there's one trophy that like kills everybody. Yeah. Like Titanfall 2. Yeah, I man, have. I want that one so bad. But like the opening, <laughs> like just getting through like the 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 course, the obstacle course. Yeah. Are you in 27 <laughs> seconds or whatever? It's like, dude, are you kidding me? I like honed my skills on that. It took me. A, a while of trading to get that properly. Wait, you got it? Yeah, I have the platinum for Titanfall too. Oh, I'm so jealous. Somehow. <laughs> oh, so. I'm jealous. Well, that's that's some fun trophy talk for you. Yeah, I guess. Sorry, sorry, uh, Elijah wasn't on. Yeah, we'll have, have Elijah on soon, and then he can talk about his stupidly impressive seven hundred platinums. Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> no. no. Oh, I was going to say, wait, what? He no. does have a lot, though. No, but it feels like it. <laughs> I have maybe 30, I think, is probably around what I have, which isn't like that much, actually, for most people I anymore. Have, I have 68. Elijah has 102. Yeah. And he's okay. already at 32% for Fast and Furious Crossroads. <laughs> Let me do some research. And not that I'm not going to get the Hello Mayo or whatever that one is called. <laughs> what was the name of it that you just have My to name hit? Is Mayo. My name is Mayo. 
Uh, let me do a little bit of research and uh, whether it's on the PS3 or PS4, I don't care. I'll try and get one by the end of the year. I'll try right. it. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I, Cooper I one, the Spider-Man one, the Spider-Man one is a good one. And if yeah. you played that game, you're closer to it than you think you are. Like that game, like uh, there's no trophies that lock out after completing the story. So there's just a lot of cleanup to it. There's a lot of grinding at the end. Yeah. Um, so it, it does take some time, but it's not hard at all. So cool. Well, we can talk about some news quick if you guys want to. What where are we at as far as time? We're about an hour in. Okay. So we can maybe do one or two. It's up to y'all. All right. But we'll figure it out. Uh, George, I think you have an interesting story. So why don't you roll with it? Uh, yeah. Reading this article from Engadget, courtesy of Igor uh, Bonifacic, uh, Bioware's GM Casey Hudson and Dragon Age producer. Uh, let's see what the Dragon Age producer's name. Um, yeah. Mark sorry, Dara. Mark Dara. Yeah, sorry, that was not in the headline. Uh, they're leaving <laughs> the studio of Bioware. Uh, opening paragraph, uh, two of Bioware's oldest and most well-known employees are leaving the studio. On Thursday, EA announced that both Casey Hudson and Mark Dara have decided to retire. For Hudson, this is the second departure from Bioware. After working on all three of the original Mass Effect games, he left the studio in 2014, only to return in 2017 to take over as its general manager. Um, everyone at Bioware is like, this is still such an exciting time to be at Bioware. We look forward to the future. I think this is a bad omen. Um, <laughs> I agree. I don't know. It's never, I, it's never a great sign when like a sports team trades away its best players for draft picks. That's uh, it's historically not great. That usually means they're rebuilding and they're not going to be good for like four or five years. And similarly, I don't know if Bioware is going to be good for four or five years. I don't know if they're going to even be around in four or five years. Well, well see. Especially considering their last game flopped, both financially and critically. Yeah. And then Mass Effect Andromeda, I don't know how it did financially, but critically, again, flopped. I don't think it flopped. It was just like aggressively average. And like that game, I know I've gone, I know I've locked horns with Seth on this podcast about that game. I think that game gets a lot more flack than it deserves. I think that game is genuinely fun. Uh, It's just, it doesn't mean as much as you know, the original Mass Effect meant to you 10 years ago. And like, that's yeah. fine. You're a different person than you were 10 years ago. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I need to try to play it again. I, I got about 10 hours in and then I stopped, but I was enjoying what I played. I just, I didn't think it, I agree. I didn't think it was necessarily awful. Like everyone was making it out to be, but I, I didn't think it was like blowing me away. But the problem is Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 are like some of my favorite games of all time. So it's like, those games are on a pedestal for me, whereas this game kind of trots along and tries to pick up on it, but I didn't really get that from it. So, yeah, so but no, I, I think, I don't know, man, I, I, the game awards are Thursday. So this show will have aired or the game awards will have aired by the time this show is out, but they're supposedly showing some of the new dragon age there. Yes, so I'm curious what it looks like. Yeah. And really quickly, um, in 2011, they released Dragon Age 2. Also in mm-hmm. 2011, they released Star Wars The Old Republic, the MMO. Mm-hmm. In 2012, they released Mass Effect 3. Uh, in 2013, uh, they canceled a Warhammer online game. In 2013, they released Command & Conquer Generals 2. I remember everyone being really excited for that game. Uh, Dragon yeah. Age Inquisition came out in 2014. Shadow Realms was canceled in 2015. Mass Effect Andromeda came out in 2017. Anthem came out in 2019. 
it's just been a little it's one of those things where like oh they can't close they can't close down the studio the bioware name means so much and it's just like does it though like what what have they done for us lately like i'd say since they haven't had a game really hit with people in six years right since dragon age inquisition and even that i think people look back on it kind of negatively i think it it had pretty high praise when it came out but from my understanding and i'm not like a dragon age fan i've never played any of them so i don't know but i even i've and i don't know if this is just like the internet being the internet but i've heard from plenty of friends who loved that game when it came out that they kind of soured on it after they played um which is interesting so i I mean it was basically uh skyrim like a third person skyrim because you're just going around closing rifts but even then, like, did people really like it, or was it just yeah people liked it more than Dragon Age Two, which I know they did not right. like generally, you know, because it wasn't Dragon Age One, and so it's just what have you done for us lately? I still stand by Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, mm-hmm. I still think that is like a good game worth playing, and it's always on sale for like ten bucks. You're crazy yeah. if you think any AAA game is not worth at least ten dollars. Like, I, I think, oh that, yeah, like that, that's been like, patched, insane, yeah. Do you consider Aliens Colonial Marines a AAA titer, title? Yeah, I would. I'd, but like, even then, I think that game is worth $10. Like, Now that they fixed it, well, the PC version, the PC version you go in and change one little code. But um, oh, you you know, were, I don't think you were on for this, but Seth brought up, like, I wasn't even on the podcast when this happened, but like, Seth yeah. brought up Aliens Colonial Marines when he's talking about, like, because that game came out 10 years after Goldeneye, isn't that game better than Goldeneye? Like, even though that game sucks compared to Goldeneye technically isn't it a better video game than goldeneye I, that's like one of my favorite conversations yeah. i've ever heard on any podcast all courtesy of, of seth miss you miss you you big bear god yeah i can't wait for seth to come back and be a better host than me but uh <laughs> no you're fine but i mean if you think about it um didn't the one of the directors for halo infinite also step down like he just recently left I think so. Yes. You know, I believe he creative did. Yeah. director or something yeah. like that. Maybe. Might have been. And then, I mean, the whole development hell of uh, Metroid Prime 4, no one knows what's going on with that. It's being given to another studio. We don't even know who's left at Retro Studios from the original Metroid Prime, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, you know, when you skip generation or when you move to generations, these companies that were leading, right, that had these strong um, teams, they start leaving, right? And so, I mean, look at 343, man. They're like, are they, are they uh, setting the bar for Halo? I don't think so, man. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Bioware, at least. I think um... – genuinely i don't know that people really care about dragon age or mass effect anymore like as far as like the people that played those games i think have kind of moved on like it's been so long at this point i'm just curious how they're going to sell um and maybe i'm kind of speaking out of line with that one but like even mass effect like i liked andromeda but unless they change something unless they make like this big expansive story like the first 3 games were I don't know that I really care as much anymore which is is sad. Yeah, but it's also fine because like you have your Mass Effect story, right. you know. And you're right. Um for me honestly like my big thing is just like what if we got 
Dragon Age, like Dragon Age 1, 2, and Inquisition on PlayStation 5? And what if they just ran perfectly? Like, what if we did that? Because Dragon Age Origins was busted as hell on PlayStation 3. And it didn't run that much better than it did on uh, 360. Or sorry, it didn't run that much worse than it did on 360. And um, like that game was like built for PC. Like I watched the PC review of that game compared to the PS3 games. It's a completely different game where it's like yeah. an overhead, almost like Diablo-esque style of like controlling the characters compared to like third person action game. Oh, right. Excuse me. Sorry. Third person action game of, uh, of the console. And it's just interesting. It's like, huh. So this is what you wanted it to be. <laughs> and then this is what it had to be. So you could make yeah. money. Gotcha. Okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Like I said, I'm hopefully we'll see some exciting footage at the game awards and but I, I think you know, things can can move forward without executives. I think things can or directors, I guess they're not necessarily executives, but I think it depends who it is, like what yeah. how much input they had. Yeah. What do you what are you guys looking forward to for Thursday? Are you guys hoping to see a reveal or anything like that? What do you guys want to see? Honestly, I don't know. I did see a tweet the other day from a some games journalist, and they were like, "These are all the games I'm most excited for for 2021." And they were like, "Redacted, redacted, 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 redacted," and some other game that's like been announced. So I was like, "Well, if that person's accurate and they they actually have a lot of inside sources, then that's exciting. If there if there's really that much stuff coming out that this person's excited for, so I just hope we see some cool games. I I feel like right now 2021. I'm excited for Monster Hunter Rise, Mass Effect Trilogy, and um, Persona 5 Scramble, but there's really nothing else at the moment that is particularly drawing my interest, so we'll see. I'm excited to be surprised. Like, I remember the first Game Awards I ever watched was, like, when they announced Skyrim, and I was just like, holy crap, like, that's amazing. And then uh, last year, two years ago, watching the Game Awards, they announced uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, the Black Order. Yep. And like that felt like it came out of nowhere. I know what I want. I want that Factor Five Star Wars Rogue Squadron collection mm. I've heard about a thousand times. Just bring that to Switch, please, dear God. Well, there is in Disney Studios somewhere a remaster of um I think it's the the two of them that are on the GameCube that were re- yeah, on the Wii. It's just sitting there. They're done with it. Yeah. Bring that cra- well that and didn't they also redo Rogue Squadron too? Like bring that. I don't to- think so. I don't. I, thought, I don't know. If I they thought did. it was the two GameCube ones and that one that they brought and they had like flight controls where it's like you could like actually like tilt the Wiimote and like steer like that <laughs> way. Like there was one really yeah. in depth uh, interview on Nintendo Voice Chat like yeah. five years ago back when I was listening to that show. Nothing against the show. I just I just don't listen to games. No, but I Factor um, Five is one of my favorite. Um, oh, they're so good. They're so yeah. good, man. In fact, uh, do they I don't, still I don't think like exist? They do, but they're making they're like they they take I think Netflix and they <laughs> they yeah. port it to the systems. Yeah, like they're doing something different. So, but they hinted a couple years ago because they were on they've been on Nintendo Voice Chat since that. I know what interview you're talking about, yeah, but they're they're still together. But and they're just kind of waiting for. Hopefully EA or Disney to be like, okay, let's bring these guys back to to remaster this, you know. Um, mm. 
Rogue Squadron is the my favorite gaming series because uh, I've been there from the beginning, right? Yeah. And um, I got all the gold medals and everything like that, and it was uh, it was such an exciting time for on the GameCube because you know um, Rogue Squadron was a uh, the second one that was a launch title, and mm-hmm. the thing about those guys at Factor Five they knew the hardware of the Nintendo 64. That's why it ran so well. And they also knew the hardware of the GameCube. So they were able to utilize the power of the GameCube, all of it from the very beginning. And that's why Rogue Squadron to this day looks phenomenal. Oh, it's still so pretty. Um, I forget what publication it's for. I want to say it was for Polygon, but uh, this writer I really like, his name is Matt Paparaki. He did a really good dive on Factor Five, uh, basically all about Lair and like what Lair did oh. to their studio. Um, I forgot they made that game. Yeah, that was like the PlayStation Three, like the six-axis tilt control yeah. where you were supposed to like fly your dragon with the controller, like that. Um, uh, I will look up that article and I will share the link um, for for <laughs> people. But that was just like a yeah. really awesome in-depth, just talking about like how they were so far, I guess, out, out in the woods from their relationship with Nintendo when they were working with Sony, and it was just a bad experience. Because um, that game was, like, pretty universally panned, right? Like, I never played that yeah. game. Yes, it was. It is not a great game. Okay. And then even the last Rogue Squadron that they did, when the when your pilot got out of the cockpit, that's where the game just was, like, pfft. It's, yeah. it's a really bad third-person oh, shooter. And yeah. also, like, it doesn't really make sense why you need to get a gun if your pistol is in limited ammo. Like, there's just, like, a lot that was a little a, a little mm-hmm. underwhelming about that game. But, like, a lot of the missions were still super fun. Like, when you were writing oh, yeah. that, that AT-AT factory and you got to actually pilot an AT-AT, Well, I have never played any of those games. So I hope that they make that collection because I want it. I do know that um, I read I, I saw somewhere that um, soon um, EA is going to announce some Star Wars stuff. Oh, no, Star Wars announced that they're going to announce some stuff here pretty On soon. The 10th, I think so, which will also have passed by the time the show airs. Yeah. There's some sort of investors call or something. Very cool. Um, but because they didn't do D23 this year, it's basically going to be like here's everything we would have announced. Right. So that's that's so. like, yeah, it's like the big like Disney plus day or two. Right? Yeah. Right. And I'm still keeping my fingers crossed for a new Republic commando. Right. Dude, I, I went back, I started playing that like on Xbox one, that game runs amazingly. It does. It yeah. does. It's still to this day, you know, and that's where I cut my teeth learning keyboard and mouse because it's one of my all time favorite games. So, you know, um, but yeah, I, I I I booted it up on my Series X, and I'm sure it plays the same on the One X. Um, but oh man, that is just that was a phenomenal game. The only thing that it was missing, like it could have competed with Halo, but the only thing it was missing was was the four player co op. Yeah. If they had yeah. four player co op, then and all they need to do is a, a light remaster. They don't have to do a lot, but make it a four player co op. And just add in some things, and that game well, it would sell. Especially because that game is basically just like Rainbow Six. Like it's it's, it's a Rainbow Six game set in Star Wars, where you know you're the commandos going through. You got to blow up the droid factory. You got to get on to like the Federation yep. ship or whatever. Like that game 
that game rules, man. That's a really good game. <laughs> and it's like 10 bucks on Xbox if you have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't, can't recommend it enough. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I hope we see like the a kind of return to form for, for Star Wars games. I'd love to see some more first-person shooter, like story-driven Star Wars stuff. It's just, um, it's weird to me that they've released or re-released so many games for Star Wars, yeah. but like not Rogue Squadron. Yeah, right. me too. Like not like the most like, respected beloved ones outside of like knights of the old republic um yeah because they've released like all the side games that i mean people still love but they're not like they're not rogue squadron they're not like racer's revenge is like a really fun racing game and like the the 64 dreamcast one that they just released earlier this year like yeah man that game is fine that game is super fun jedi outcast 2 is a fun game but like rogue squadron is like a legitimately good game like give me give me that especially there's no other games really like that like even star wars squadrons to come out that is not the same thing that is like that's like that's like a rainbow six game just with ships like that's like you know you're controlling like your operators basically Mm -hmm. like give me like the arcade stuff give me the good right yeah and and (laughs) i mean you could get through the missions but like i said before platinum trophies and before achievements Factor Fives did this. I'm sure other developers did it before that, but they had a legit, I mean, you had a metal count, right? Yeah. And um, I just remember my all-time favorite level in any game is the Hoth level on uh, on the second, on the, you know, the, the GameCube, ver- the first GameCube, uh, Rogue, was, was Rogue Squadron 2. And I remember, like, I, I must have played like 10 times before I got it, but... Even though I didn't get it, I was so excited to play it again because I just kept trying to, you know, you just kept chipping away at the stone at the different, uh, the, um, you know, the time that you have to, to beat it, the, the accuracy and all that. You're, you try and strategize. So yeah, li- would, lives lost, targeting computer yes. efficiency, all that stuff. Yep. Yeah. So what you do is you would slow down when you, when you would drop one of the ATATs, you would, you would slow down and you would just throw about 20 to 30 uh, hits on it before it blow up and your accuracy goes up. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> and, then, and then once you got your homing torpedoes, then when you do that last part, you could just pluck those t- the the tie bombers and the tie fighters out real quick and then that's how you got your your gold on that. But, you know, it's it's unfortunate because uh, Austin sent me a text one morning. I woke up to one of his messages and he said that <laughs> Steam released Rogue Squadron. Yeah. Right? And right. uh, but the only thing about that is there's a game breaking bug on that. And if you put if you they didn't do a good job at porting it because it's the camera like your ship, you'll, you'll lose your ship. You'll lose the camera. Right. And it's because it's on a modern system. So I wish that EA would have taken the time to like fix that bug because mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's another button you could push. But when you're trying to get that gold you don't have time to be pushing other buttons you know you're it, it, so i didn't even play it even though it looks better on pc i still pl- i still uh play my n64 no i do too um yeah i don't know if you guys can see i got a tower over here of like old consoles let's see got my original xbox n64 oh, nice. 360 sega dream what color is your 64 is it the gray it's the gray i've been trying okay. to i want one of the like ice blue ones i've been hunting yeah. those down forever but they're always like 300 and i just cannot justify that um but then, like on the 
thing that everything's balanced on. PlayStation 5, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, GameCube. My girlfriend loves it. She loves it. She says she's just sleeping in a room with so much history. She absolutely adores it. <laughs> um, uh, GOG.com has a whole bunch of like old Star Wars games mm-hmm. that I've been yep. enjoying, like Rebel Assault. And I, I, I guess I just don't understand why like the uh, the real-time strategy games I get. They're like, God, man, just, just bring that to PlayStation. Like, come on. It's right there. I hate booting I up my PC. I hate booting up my PC. I hate trying to make things work on my MacBook. It is not built for gaming. Just bring it to PlayStation. Come on, guys. Let me just say, if they remastered the Force Unleashed 1 and 2, I would be happy. But they will they will never do that. Did they remaster Force Unleashed 2 into a good game? You mean a game that's longer than like two hours? That game was so short and it was buggy <laughs> as hell, man. Look, I don't, that I don't, game is still fun, though. Okay. I still like it. That was one where you could like catch the missile and like launch it back at someone, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was pretty yeah. sweet. And then Force Bo- Unleashed 1 is, is drastically better, though. And then Boba Fett showed up in the DLC. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always tempted to buy Bounty Hunter, which is Django, but mm-hmm. it. It's not a good game. That game is so like the game, you're just fighting the controls the entire time. Yeah, and that's what people say. And I know Elijah, he had he got it, and I think he likes it a lot. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see what his take is on it because um a couple people have recently played and reviewed it, and I've been I watched their reviews, and that's what they say. It's you're you're fighting the controls the whole that time. That should be your first yeah. platinum, man. Do you have any idea yeah. how much respect you'd get if that was your first <laughs> I think it's at like point Bro, eight. I tried playing I beat Resident Evil 4 when it first came out, but I tried playing it on my uh, on my Xbox, and bro, I don't know how I played that damn game, man. <laughs> I'm like, after about like you know, once I get, well, you know the part the very beginning when the uh, the the bell rings, right, or they they toll right. it, and then they all leave. I'm like, you know what? No. When George plays the Wii version, I'll get on and play the Wii version because I'm sure those controls are going to be a lot better than, you know, the controls that are on the modern day controllers. So I ordered a new copy of it for Wii because I realized that my Wii version was still sealed. And I'm like, that's just kind of cool. So I'm going to get a second version. I want to play that one. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you got to do. It's eight bucks on eBay is worth it. Nice. Uh, well, we're like an hour and 25 minutes in. Yeah. I know we had a, a couple other news articles, but Coach, are you okay if we just kind of wrap it up? Yes. Okay, Coach is not okay. He's, All right. No, I, I saluted you. No, I know. I'm, are you I'm watching kidding. Zoom? Yeah, I'm watching the Zoom, but our audience is not. So I was. No, I was but you to... are. <laughs> I am, uh, I'm soliciting Coach's... stories from people for this podcast about like early oh, yeah. gaming memories. So I've gotten a couple sent in, but if you've made it this far, thank you for putting up with Coach and I yeah. talk about 15-year-old Star Wars games. That was really cool of you. Uh, but also, uh, shoot me DMs. Shoot me so early gaming memories you've got. And then I'm trying to put together like a nice uh, nice list for us to go through. And uh, Yeah, we can do that next week reminisce, uh, once yeah. Elijah's back on. And we'll certainly go through them a little more. I have plenty more to talk about on my end, I think talking about gaming memories it's always a fun topic so yeah um, they're the best yeah so all right guys well we'll like i said we'll wrap it up here for right now i know it's it's running a little long otherwise i'd keep us going but thank you everyone for listening as always um if you're this far you already know this but we're on everything 
podcast wise. We're on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, if people still use that. Basically everything you can find us on, we're there. If you're on a platform where you can leave a review for us, please do so. Um, obviously, the obvious option for that is um, Apple Podcasts. I think you can do it on Stitcher still. But please, if you can, leave us a review on the platform you're listening to us on. Please do so. Um, send in questions to us. You can do that on our social media's social media pages, which I, I will get to in a second here. Or you can send them to our question form at bit bit.ly slash frame skip Q. So that's bit.ly slash frame skip Q. You can also send those, those questions to us via email. If people still email in these trying times to frame skip podcast at gmail.com. And again, you can send them to our social media pages. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at frame skip pod, and you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash frameskippod. I am on Twitter at Austin J. Eller. Seth is on Twitter at Seth S. Taylor. Elijah's on Twitter at Loco Lizardman. George is at GB Loftus. And Coach is at Frameskippod. Hyphen, <laughs> or the, you know, the little uh, whoopty thing, Coach. Yeah. So whenever I post something, I'll, I'll sign it on there. So whenever he yeah, hijacks my Twitter yeah, account. Yeah, care of coach. Yeah. <laughs> care of coach. Yeah. There we go. All right, guys. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you all for listening. It's been a it's been a fun episode. We'll be back next week, certainly with some talk on the game awards and whatever else. So we'll see you then. Adios. Woo! Amigos. See you in another life, brother. <laughs>